You are listening to the Call to Action podcast, where we aim to inspire, educate, and inform entrepreneurs and self-starters on tech and tips related to navigating this ever-changing world. Okan Ukeme Cornelius Dominic is a published author, and he resides in Lagos, Nigeria. Okan has a Bachelor of Arts degree in philosophy and has published a three-volume poem collection, The Ascent, Ascent of the Soul, The Fountain of the Soul, and Ride With Me Till the Moon Fails. His future works include some novels and nonfiction philosophy books, which are to be published soon. He is a word chef who cooks and bakes words into delicious or yummy poetry. His pen name was Poetic Novelist, but now he bears the name Word Chef Baker. Listen in as he shares information about how he started writing poetry, as well as some really good advice for upcoming or aspiring writers. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to episode 30 of the Call to Action podcast. I am your host, Shantae. And today we are having a fireside chat with Okan Ukeme Cornelius Dominic, who is a published author of three volumes of poetry, and it's available on Amazon.com. Now, before we bring our guest onto the show, I would like to share a little bit of information about the previous episode of the Call to Action podcast, as well as today's inspirational quote. If you missed episode 29 of the Call to Action podcast, as always, it is a must listen. I had the opportunity to have a fireside chat with York Campbell. York Campbell is a published author and host of Poetic Earthlings. Poetic Earthlings is a short story audio drama podcast. And in that episode, York shared what inspired him to start his podcast advice for other people who want to start a podcast, as well as his very unique superpowers. So make sure to go and check it out at ctamarketing.biz. Click on podcast on the main menu to access that one, as well as past episodes. The inspirational quote that I chose for this episode, it's from Virginia Woolf. And here is the inspirational quote for episode 30 of the Call to Action podcast. Every secret of a writer's soul, every experience of his life, every quality of his mind is written large in his words. Again, that was by Virginia Woolf. So I thought that was an awesome quote, especially for our authors that are out there, people in the writing community. So I hope you all enjoyed that quote from Virginia Woolf. As mentioned in the intro, our guest for today is published author Okan Ukeme Cornelius Dominic. During today's fireside chat, Okan is going to share information about his books and his podcast, as well as other helpful information for writers here with us on the Call to Action podcast. So please join me in welcoming Okan to the show. Hi, Okan. Welcome to the Call to Action podcast. How are you today? I'm doing very fine, very good. I'm very cool. Although it's a bit hot over here, 
<laughs> last week it was a bit yes it was a bit rainy throughout last week and i think about some weeks ago but now we're experiencing the heat and all the way from lagos nigeria i'm saying hi to all you viewers and i hope i am welcome here today definitely definitely you are the first person i've ever interviewed from lagos nigeria so thank you so much for being <laughs> on my show i am honored <laughs> I'm also honored and delighted here to be with you today. Well, thank you. Thank you, Okan. Now, Okan, I like to allow the listeners to learn more about my guests. So the way we do that is with an icebreaker. And the icebreaker I have for you is for you to share your superpower with the audience. So let us know what your superpower is, Okan. Okay, my superpower? Hmm. I think it should it could be likened to that of Batman. I don't know if most of us know Batman in the series, um, not Batman and Robin, but mostly in the series of um, Justice League. Batman is seen as the brainer somehow. What am I trying to say here is that my imagination seems to be my superpower in the sense that sometimes I have that buzzing sound in my head. Sometimes I just find my mind looking at things, trying to create things out of the ordinary. So somehow I got to discover that my, my imaginative mind is working way beyond what I can comprehend or what I can understand. So I think definitely when it comes to the issue of writing and whatever I do, my superpower has always been my imaginative mind. Okan, thank you so much for sharing your superpower, the power of your imagination, and for the beautiful poems that you've written. Now, I know that you also have started a podcast where you share your poetry. So let the listeners know what inspired you to start your podcast and share your poetry there. Okay. Well, initially, I never thought of podcasting. I only thought of using Facebook and uh, Twitter. Not until I met York Campbell and Louis Stephanie. They were the ones who rallied around, encouraged me, and asked me to also give podcasts a try. So that was when I decided to go into podcasting. And definitely I've seen it has been of great help in the sense of getting to those to whom the poem is targeted. Sometimes people think that to be a good writer or to be a good author is majorly based on the volumes of books you sell or the people you meet. Sometimes um, it's especially when you are a new author or how will I say it, a newbie in the a business of authorship or in the business of writing, you discover that at the initial stage, you don't have much fans. But what should be the target is getting the quality of work and also getting it across to people. And that is why you have to look for the various platforms where one could reach out to those to whom it's made for. So like, for example, the podcast has helped me reach one or two persons. And even within Nigeria, I, I find out that some few people, they tend to ask, okay, what is this? What is that? In your last episode, you said this, you said that, try to explain. I love the way you a kind of crafted out this world in the poem and so on. That is how it rose. It's, it's also not to forget someone that was instrumental and in Dark Samaritan. His Twitter account is Dark Samaritan. He's, he was as well an, an instrumental um, 
person when it comes to uh, my podcasting because they all asked me to give it a try. And that is what has led to where I am today as a result of the podcasting. That is awesome. And I like the fact that you read your poetry yourself. People are able to feel what you were feeling or what you want them to feel when you wrote it. So I think that is great. I think it really is. And I listened to a few of your podcasts and I think they're awesome. I think I actually posted one on Twitter the other day. I was like, wow, that was really good. We always keep on learning. So sometimes you see them after listening to the podcast. They uh, look at this, look at that. Very impressive. I think you should work on this, work on that. And it has helped me grow uh, drastically in this issue of podcasting. And I so much love the podcasting, especially the the very fact that I have to use my own voice. Initially, someone would ask, would you pay someone to voice for you? And I was thinking, I said, no. Well, since I also discovered that I could sing very well, <laughs> I said, let me try if my <laughs> voice would be as well good for someone to listen when I present the podcast myself. So I tried it once and your Campbell was pleased and the others, they, they told me, continue, your voice is something people would love to listen to. And whoa, that is what has brought me here this far. So other listeners, it is good. Keep it up. Right. That is so true. And York, he gave you some good advice because he's right about that. Yeah. People, they like to hear that. Like I was saying, with you reading your own poetry, it puts more of you into it, not just the words, but now your energy is into it and they can hear you. They can feel you through your podcast. Yes, you're, you're, you're very right. You just said it exactly the way it is, because when an author is the one speaking, then definitely he could speak from the richness of what he has written. And even sometimes what he might not have um, in a kind of presented in the overt way, he could present it, bringing it out, the covert meaning, the hidden meaning. You see things coming out from the way he speaks, from the way he pronounces the words. One could feel it. Only the author could really translate that word where it is situated and it kind of bring it out when he's presenting it. And that's why somehow I love um, what spoken poem, but although I have never tried it once, and I think very soon I'm looking towards that to do that on my YouTube, um, Facebook, and I don't know how much space Twitter will give to me to ever try such. Look towards that. So... Let me ask you this. Um, when did you know that you wanted to write? Now, I know you have three volumes of poetry. So was it something that was always in you? Like what inspired you? When did you know that you wanted to write? Yeah, okay. That's a very beautiful question. Well, the desire to write has been in me, I think, far back as when I was um, age 10, age 11, when I do see things around. But the form of writing in which I'm using now, that is my niche, I have never thought about it. I had never thought about it for centuries, or let me say for, <laughs> I never thought about it up until I think 2014 or 2015. This was what happened. Now, when I was very young, I sometimes I would just pen down things. But what often comes to my mind is, I want to write a book, but the book I want to write has always the sentiment of a nonfiction. That is a niche to the direction because then I had never met any poet. I've never met any novelist or whatsoever. So often, whenever any thought of writing a book comes to my mind, it goes towards the direction of nonfiction. Then luckily, as God will have it, I entered into the 
religious life, that's the seminary. So I was able to pass through that phase. I read philosophy. Then the desire to write grew. So there were so many thoughts, philosophical notions, existential issues that I found about human beings. I started putting down points that I intend to write a book about. Now it only remained on the level of nonfiction. Even up to now, I still have those, I think about three of them I intend to write in the area of nonfiction. So it continued like that. Then when I left the seminary school, the religious life, that would be a story for another day to talk about. <laughs> so when I left the religious life, I began my journey as now a normal Christian, a normal human. I continued without discerning the vocation to priesthood again. I started having crises, financial crises. I lost my job. Almost everything I tried to put my hands on, I started having one issue or the other. Then. Whenever I go to Facebook to chat, they often paid attention, but I wasn't giving it the attention it needed. I will write a few things. Before I know it, I will give a prose. I will make sometimes my sentence. My sentences will come out poetic, and I'll be doing those styles. And <laughs> most times, I can say, wow, this is good. This is great. Then gradually, I started saying, okay, let me give this a try. I started composing one or two things. Whenever I'm chatting with someone, it will just come up, or I'll just compose something to make the person feel happy and it kind of to get the person's attention so that we can discuss. Then after some time, I will go off. Then it was until about three young ladies, they told me, please, I have a function in school. They asked me to do this, do that, do that, do that. I said, okay, what is it? We have to compose a prose, we have to compose a poem. And can you please help me look at what I've done, go through it and see what you can do. So I'm not even the best. I had to edit it for them. After editing, I also wrote something else in addition to what they've done, and I gave it to them. So they were pleased, they were happy. They said, why are you not using this? You could publish a book. That was when it came to my mind. I said, hmm, are they saying what is true? Because I don't see myself when it comes to uh, the area of uh, fiction. I only saw myself writing things in the area of nonfiction. So I thought about it. Then one day, it dawned on me that I think there is something in you about this fiction writing that you should look at. Then after having a chat with a friend, you would not believe it. Within a day, I'm not exaggerating, more than 25 plots of different stories. I edited them the following week. Gradually, that, that was how I continued to pour out different plots, novel stories. And I'm telling you, not to make exaggeration, I know the plots I've written down in my lifetime, I'm not sure if I will ever finish them, neither talking about publishing them. Even the ones I've written and the ones I've written halfway, I'm still looking at them. So the problem is just that there is still a lot to learn when it comes to writing. But definitely, if I'm being allowed to present all my plots, not a kind of bluffing or trying to raise my shoulder up or to pat myself on the back in a way that is not, um, how will I say it, uh, morally right. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely. When I look at what I have done, I tend to ask myself, has this been in me since and I've been so foolish as not to realize that I had this with me? So definitely somehow when I look back at it, I tend to ask myself, what really went wrong? Somehow I will also blame the society. Somehow, that was I said, somehow the society I was born, you know, the idea of go to school, study, get your degree, that's the only thing that usually comes to people's mind. It's just of recent now that people are looking inwardly to realize that, oh, I have to fetch, get out something from my talent and give to the world. I got to 
discover my writing niche. I all started from 2015 to be precise. In 2016, I started officially writing. So that's that's all. No, that's good. You know, you brought up a very interesting point about society and what people are taught. And that's also taught here in America is that you go to school, you go to college, you get your degree and you come out and you get a job. But I think that is somewhat unfulfilling. And I can hear that in your story because when you discovered your talent and your ability to write, when you open yourself up to that and then you write all those different plots for those stories, it just, it was already there. It came to you and you were able just to write it out. So you're right, looking inward and allowing yourself to connect with yourself and bring out your inner talent, to me, that's priceless. That's better than any degree, better than any job. It's just in the society we live in, you also have to have, you know, money to pay for things. But if you can, <laughs> you know, capitalize on your talent some kind of way, like, you know, through publishing your books and things like that, I think that's awesome. Um, but keep doing it. I, I really think it's great. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. What I would like for you now is to share any advice that you would have for any upcoming or aspiring authors. Okay. Well, my piece of advice would be for any aspiring or upcoming authors. But before I say anything, I on my Facebook, I met about three young, I'll call them teenagers. They had the, this inspiration to write, and I was even surprised. One, she stopped writing about 10 years ago. I think she said she started writing when she was about age nine or so, if I'm not mistaken. Then I asked her why she tabled down the issues. Then I spoke to her. I said, are you ready to return to writing? The same thing I asked the others who were still writing. They said, yes, they want to return to writing. Out of the three young um, ladies that teenagers, I asked one, I asked her, she said, well, she stopped writing about um, 10 years ago. Then I think she probably should should be a, at age nine. And I asked her why she presented her situation, said she lost of interest. And also she discovered that the way, the, 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 the style of writing or what it takes to bet a book, to write and publish a book is far different from just writing. And I said to her and to the others, I said, are you ready? Although I spoke to them individually, are you ready to develop or to bet a book? They said, yes. I said, okay. When it comes to writing, taking from what I said to them, first and foremost, you have to see it as a vocation. Writing is a vocation. It's a call. It's a calling. You have to see it in that light. You might be very successful as a writer. You might be the bestseller, you might make it so big, so large, but if it's not a vocation, I bet you, you will never leave your work for posterity. When you put your soul into what you are writing, first and foremost, you have to see it as a vocation because that will keep the fire in you, the zeal in you for you to endure whatever will come your way. So it should be seen as a vocation so that you can pour all your soul, your energy in it and never give up. Now, when you see it as a vocation, it helps you endure whatever comes. Because at the very face, you should not put your mind in making 
the best selling rank. I want my novel to be the best that the whole world will know. Yes, I want it to be Amazon bestseller. I want no, that should not be your major concern because you could get that with the best of publishers. They could help you follow up all the marketing and you could get way huge amount of money, lots of money. You could even get to the point where you might as well have um, how will I say it? A, a live TV uh, contract where you have your whatsoever novel or poetry being aired. But the most important thing is how much can your work touch the lives of those who are your target audience? If your book or your poem cannot bring joy to those you are targeting, or it kind of resonates a particular incident in their life, or talk about their life and revive them into living a more meaningful life, then definitely you start having problem with yourself because once you are faced with challenges in the road of writing, you give up. Because I discovered that so many people who give up along the line is that ah, I've been writing for three or four years and been making no proceeds, nothing is coming from there. It could be. Then definitely you might look at how you are promoting your work or the marketing strategy you are using. But that should not be the first concern. The first concern is, what do I want to give to the world? What do I want to leave for posterity's sake? Okan, now we know that you have not only your podcast and you have also three books of poetry that you've written. Can you share with us the names of those books? as well as how do you go about marketing your books? Okay, thank you very much. The three volumes are books. Somehow, I kind of make it in a way that it's not just um, a separate book in the way. That was why I used the word um, volumes, because it speaks as though the books are three books in one. Now the first book or the first of the series is Ascent, Ascent of the Soul. I know the name sounds so mal. <laughs> why I chose that lengthy title is though I've learned one or two things not to let your title to be that lengthy. Now I chose that ascent because it's a kind of the soul is ascending and at the same time speaking. That was why I chose the word the ascent, ascent of the soul as the soul is ascending to whatever metaphysical being, whoever or whatever anyone believes in. And also either you are ascending to your own beingness or you are transcending or ascending to a metaphysical being speaking in a poetic way. And that is why the first volume, The Ascent of the Soul, contains more of poems that has to do with souls that are passing through depression, loneliness, and whatsoever. And how they can get back to their feet because the first part of it talks about depression, poems of depression, poems of loneliness. Then the next sets of poems that follow suit are all about um, um, the soul getting itself recovering by fighting or standing up against this uh, depressing feelings or depressing situation. And I hope you get to listen to some of the poems. Sometimes you will be funny as to see some kind of words I use. That was why later on I had to call myself World Chef and a Baker. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I don't know how it comes. I find myself just 
fusing words together. And sometimes if you are not careful, you might even get lost <laughs> in the midst of my <laughs> I like word shift maker. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. I can definitely see that you're taking words. You're the word chef, you know, creating things out of it, creating some really good poetry out of it. Yeah, I, I could see that name. I actually do like that name. So the next volume, The Fountain of the Soul, talks about the soul pouring out whatever it's in it, pouring out. And when it pours out, could be liquid. And what the symbol I use is the water. Now you pour out what is in you, you bring out what is in you. And when you do that, you it kind of make the arid society. I'm not in any way saying that the society is dead or the society is destroyed, the society is broken. But what I'm saying is that there are so many things we see around us that our words, our life could a kind of make amends, kind of help one or two persons. For example, if you have a friend that is very depressed and your words are that which could a kind of raise the soul from its depression, then definitely you are a fountain of the soul. You are pouring out what is in you and you are giving life to another. So that was why I used the expression of that, the fountain of the soul, water gushing forth from the soul, going through arid ground, desert ground, and giving life, making the soil fertile. That whatever we planted on that soil will now start bearing fruit or germinate. So that's the second one. That's why the sets of poems that are there will talk a lot about the individual self. Who are you? What are you doing? You have to wake up to bring out that which is you. And there's one particular poem that strikes me most that I included in that set. It's talking about the chef of time, where I presented human beings with the use of your talent as a book that your space will always be there in the shape of time. But it's just that you could be the one that will make that space remain empty if you fail to bring out that which is in you. And the last um, volume, Ride With Me to the Moon Fails, is just a combination of different poems, both birthday poems, poems that are just descriptive poems, talking about reality, and some also in- includes love, relationship as well. I chose the particular title because uh, something came to my mind while I was um, working on the particular volume and it just came. I don't know how it happened, but the reason for it is that I want my readers to journey with me because in the issue of poetry, novel, writing, whatever whatever we do in life, it's a journey. And that was why I said, come, ride with me. Even the intro, the poem I used to introduce the whole work, in fact, it depicts everything the whole poem is all about. Come with me, ride with me. Come along. Let's make this journey. When it comes to authorship or when it comes to writing a book and publishing, marketing is one of the most difficult aspects. Now, is it that you pay huge to get people who help you do that or you get to use some strategic method? So the method I'm using, my own, is just a simple, you know, over here in Africa, Nigeria to be precise, it's not really easy to get um, a smooth ride. So what I do is that I tend to align with authors, with other authors, co-authors, try to look for social media handles where there are other authors, align myself with them, speak with them and say to them, see, I'm an author. Not just, I don't just go straight to them and say, please, please see, I'm an author. What I do is that I look at what they write on their blogs or their Facebook pages. I hit the comments button and I present my own idea that 
surrounds what they have presented. So I do that once, two, twice, and it becomes a habit. And this author, who is far ahead of me, would realize that somehow this person is taking interest in what I'm doing. And then before you know it, he or she takes interest in me. So when you were talking <laughs> okay. about marketing, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Um, okay. So when you were talking about marketing, it sounds like you're more doing relationship building with marketing. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's good and effective. That's very effective. So that is the method I've been using, though I've not been able to hit the billions and the, <laughs> the <laughs> millions of dollars as expected by so many. Because like I said, when you are in the writing business, it doesn't just come. Sometimes some people are lucky, could be their first book. Some could take you your first two, three or fourth book before you start having that, um, how will I say it, recognition and people flocking towards your direction and becoming your fan. So back to what I was saying. So this is how you could create the fan base. And now the already well-established or well-renowned authors that we are going close to, their own fan or fans could also become your own fans. When they see how much you're contributing, and sometimes you could ask for permission that, please, can I post one or two articles on your blog, on your space, on your Facebook page, on your Twitter. And if they permit it, well, because now they see that you are someone who is ready to work with them. And sometimes once in a while, you could even ask them to maybe give you something that they want to do that you could help them with, especially when it gets to the point where they kind of trust you. So when they see in that, you know, they realize that, okay, definitely this is someone I can work with. And please, for the record, in whatever you do in this writing business and however you go about it, please be sincere. Because sometimes some people along the line, when they start gaining the recognition they need, they kind of bullshit other people. They kind of kick others who had helped them at the beginning. Because now somehow those ones might be experiencing a spiral down. Why they, they are going up the ladder, they kind of tend to speak maybe ill of them or just a kind of blank them of, no, you don't do that. You, you try to be sincere. And whatever is not yours that belongs to someone, give due credit to the person. Whoever you are trying to work with to build your own marketing base, continue the relationship and let it be sincere and pure. And if you discover that the person is a bit dubious, please cut. Don't tend to work with someone who is ready to help you get all the billions and the person is using a dubious means. Because sometimes you see them, there are a lot of people like that. They know how to go about it in a crafty way. You tend to look for those you can partner with, those who will definitely help you grow in the right path. Because if you grow with the right people, the right connections, the right friendship, like for example, this podcast presentation I'm working with, the CTA marketing <laughs> is also another way. <laughs> yes, definitely. It's another way of growing. Yes. Also with your Campbell always announcing my name in his podcast presentation while I do the same for him as well. And I prefer sincerity working with that since I don't have money to go through the big boys or the big ladies. <laughs> no, I like what you're saying. I like the relationship marketing because people, when they can connect with you as a person, it's more real than an advertisement by, yes. like, by what you're doing with your podcast. And like I was saying earlier in the show is that 
when people are listening to you read the poetry that you wrote. The same with York. When he's reading his stories in his podcast, you can feel the energy that was put into it. Like you were saying, you know what words to emphasize in the poetry. And it just reaches people in a very profound way. And I like the idea of what you're saying with relationship marketing. And I do what I do with you guys because I feel like if one person is inspired by something that I have shared, either by something I mentioned in the podcast or by something like you, a guest would have mentioned in the podcast, if you reach one person and you inspire that one person, then to me, that's worth it. It goes a long way. Yeah. That is that is beautiful. That is it. That is it. Blogging or whatever, you find my name written there and you could see how this a kind of move and help you create a connection and a link. And somehow we might be looking at it as if it is nothing. But in the nearest future, if we keep up like this, amongst ourselves, we discover that we create that sense of sincerity and trust. Because, okay, let's take for instance, someone is looking for a particular book. He goes to, he or she goes to Stephen Lewis. She, he or she browses through her blog or website or whatever and realizes that this, there are particular names that are mentioned there. Okay, they are interviewed. Now, he or she again moves to another person and discover maybe Along the line, listening to your CTA marketing podcast, the same name, the person is interviewed, goes to your Campbell, the same name, the person is interviewed. Somehow, the person starts having the sense that I think this author is someone I could trust, someone I can trust, someone I can work with. And when amongst ourselves as authors, we tend to work together as a team and not seeing each other as a rival, we tend to help people understand that writers, authors are those they could trust. You, you through my own page, you could read the book of another person. Through my own page, you could get the advertisement, or you could get links or connection to someone else's books. So in that vein, you in that you know you get to discover that fans wherever they are, they tend to oh those group of um, coordinated authors. There are there. I love the way they do their thing, and I think I can trust them. I like it. I like it, and it definitely works. So, Okan, this has been a really, really good interview. <laughs> I've really enjoyed doing the show with you. But now for people who are listening that may be wondering, how can they find you on the internet? How can they connect with you? Can you share your information, like your social media information with the audience? Okay. Well, my social media handle, when you talk about Twitter, you go, you search world chef underscore baker word chef the word and chef is fused into a word word chef so word chef underscore baker and you find me even with my name you could also search for me okonukeme cornelius dominic on instagram the same goes word chef no underscore no baker just the word chef so on instagram you find me as just word chef then on facebook you find me with the name okonukeme cornelius and even if you just Google search my name. You find everything about me, both my Twitter handle on Google. My information is there. Just type Okon Ukeme Cornelius Dominic. Everything about me and my social media handle will just pop up and alongside my book on Amazon. Awesome. Awesome. I'll also have this information on 
my website on ctamarketing.biz. I'll put all of your information that you just gave me on there okay. along with um, information about how they can buy your book as well. Okay. Okay. Thank okay. you very much. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You've just, wow, this show has been very, very good. <laughs> you, you I must thank you. Because <laughs> oh, I must ahead, thank sorry. you. Opportunity. Yeah, it's a privilege and I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it's just been really good. And you gave some really good advice and the information that you shared, I think it's definitely useful and it's going to reach the right people. So when they hear this, they're going to know you're talking to them. This is definitely one of those shows. Yes. Yeah, so thank you so much, Okan, for being a guest on the Call to Action podcast. And I hope that you've enjoyed doing the fireside chat with me. <laughs> Why won't I? I said I'm delighted. I'm so <laughs> delighted to be, to be here. And also to my listeners, I'm very grateful. Please keep on listening to CTA Marketing. And I, and I know you have a lot to be grateful for. So thank you all okay. for listening. And as well, thank you for giving me this opportunity to share thank my writing you. journey with you. Thank you. Thank you. It, it's been great. I'm a fan of your podcast, so I'll continue listening and sharing them on social media. And again, just thank you so much. So this is the end of our show. I just want to tell everyone thank you. And also to remember the quote that I shared earlier from Virginia Woolf. And I'm going to read it again just to have it here on this part of the show. And it's every secret of a writer's soul, every experience of his life, every quality of his mind is written large in his words. Again, that was by Virginia Woolf. So everyone, thank you and enjoy your day. And I look forward to connecting with you all on the next episode of the Call to Action podcast. Until next time. This is a bonus part of the podcast that I'm adding because Okan shared a poem with me that I wanted to add to this so that you all can hear his words and hear his poem. So I added this to the podcast so you can hear this. So I'm going to read this poem. It is by Okan Okame Cornelius Dominic, also known as Word Chef Baker. And the name of the poem is Why Mock Me? I Just Want to Be Loved. Why mock me and cause tears running my eyes? Like the cloud, my heart has become dark, pain and sorrow brewing up in the sky. Your ridicule strike like lightning. Where have I wronged you? I just want to be loved. I just need your love. Soon, my eyes will pour down rain, rain of sorrows and anguish. It will flood my world and ruin it. It'll flush away my self-esteem. Where have I wronged you? I just want to be loved. I just need your love. The sound of thunder your taunt. Flashes of lightning daily you throw. Your words and action aren't funny. They darken my word and leave me scared. Where have I wronged you? I just want to be loved. I need your love. Laughter we could share together. Beacon of hope you could be to me. Light 
from the pigeon hole on my dark world but darkness you choose to cause rain and storm you want to see where have i wronged you i just want to be loved i just need your love so lonely in my world i run to you for comfort and love i look up to you to save me from drowning but yet you chose to immerse me in the flood of sorrows where have i wronged you i just want to be loved i just need your love see the rain of tears dropping from my eyes see the darkness of sorrows in my heart they peer on the ozone layer of my heart the countenance of my heart my ozone layer where have i wronged you i just want to be loved i just need your love i am neither perfect nor beautiful but your compliments and care would be a boost the strength and courage i need to face the day each day a trouble to face my reality my reality my predicaments and failures where have i wronged you i just want to be loved i just need your love why cause me pains why make me cry to the heavens why drain life out of me why can't you love me i just want to be loved i just need your love so this poem is dedicated to souls like this suffering mockery and ridicule Again, that is by Okan Okame Cornelius Dominic, also known as Word Chef Baker. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Call to Action podcast. Make sure to visit me at ctamarketing.biz. There you can find articles for entrepreneurs and self-starters on tech and tips related to navigating this ever-changing world. Until next time.